character of a man as ready to fight as to argue. He had a great contempt for the press, and a dozen times he nearly threw me off the boat during the long weeks of our voyage out. As many times I was sorely tempted to do the same to him, only the fear of losing my story prevented me. What would McArdle say? Challenger was just as rude to Summerlee. Our two professors would sit out on deck and argue late into the night. Challenger's bullying arrogance against Summerlee's acid disbelief. Lord John was the peacemaker, his silky voice weaving a spell of stories about his Amazon adventures. He was famous upriver since the time he'd led a band of runaway slaves in a private war against their former masters. With his own hands he'd slain Lopez, the leader of those brutes. We also had Challenger's story to divert us. In a remote jungle village, he said, he'd found a white man, newly dead. Papers in his knapsack revealed that he was an American called Maple White. His body was dreadfully thin, and he'd clearly suffered great hardship. Challenger laid White's sketchbook before us, and we spent days poring over it, first on the great boat that brought us to South America, then on the river steamer that took us up the Amazon. There were pages of sketches and watercolours showing Indians and missionaries, local wildlife and landscape. But then, oh then, turn one more page and lose yourself in wonder. There was a sketch of a view, roughly coloured, a line of dark red cliffs like a sudden wall, One isolated rock stood separate from that main crag, rising to the same height and crowned by a giant tree. The cliff's summit was fringed by a thin green line of vegetation. It seemed a curious formation, and I said so. It is unique, growled Challenger. It is incredible. No one on earth has ever dreamed it possible. Turn the page. I did so and gasped aloud. The picture showed a monster out of delirium or nightmare, a chicken's head on the body of a bloated lizard, the curved back and trailing tail decorated with upturned spikes. The tiny figure of a man stood beside it. If that's to scale, I said slowly, Why, Charing Cross Station would barely make a kennel for such a creature. What is it? It is, said Challenger, a Stegosaurus from the Jurassic period. Summerlee snorted with derision. I didn't know what to believe. Lord John looked thoughtful and went to clean his rifle. Also in the sketchbook was a crude map, which had enabled Challenger, he claimed, to find the very scene that Maple White had painted. He himself had been unable to climb the cliff, but he had no doubts that the American had done so. And at the top, gentlemen, isolated for millions of years from the jungle all around, he found this, pointing to the monster in the drawing, and other dinosaurs still alive and flourishing. Summerlee snorted again. So much, based on one madman's sketchbook. No, sir, 
so much based on one sketchbook and my own observations. I could not climb the cliff, but I saw pterodactyls in the air above it. When we left the river, we employed two native guides, Zambo and Gomez. With the map and their knowledge of the country, at last we stood looking at the self-same view that Maple White had painted. It would be another day's march before we reached the cliffs. Just then, though, Challenger pointed suddenly ahead. I saw what I thought was a huge grey bird skim low across the tree ferns. There! Challenger cried. Summerly! Did you see it? His colleague was staring after the creature. What do you claim that was? A pterodactyl? A terra fiddlestick, Summerly mocked. It was a stork. Challenger.